Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit gets fed. My faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. It is something you learn. It is something you grow in. The scripture talks about we, we grow from faith to faith. And so uh, it's not something that just happens automatically and it makes all the difference your environment, uh, who you're around, what you're around, what you're listening to, what you're watching, is either uh, putting fear and confusion into you, or it can be, uh, what we're believing for here, to put faith into you and to put strength into you. So get your Bible, get something to make some notes with, and come on into the classroom with us. We saved you a seat right up here close in the front, and push everything aside. Just, just put everything else on pause. Uh, if you're bouncing around trying to do other stuff while you're watching this, you will miss things way too much. Don't do that. This is important. It's just a small amount of time. Give this your full attention. Come right on in, and let's release faith. Father, in Jesus' name, all of us here and all over the country and all over the world, we we're asking you for the anointing, for grace, strength, help, for the knowledge of God, the understanding and wisdom of God, for a quickening of your Holy Spirit inside and outside. We ask for these things in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. Amen. Amen. If you would turn in our great textbook, the Bible, to our three openings we began looking at on yesterday, Matthew 9, we'll go to Luke 8, and then we're looking to wind up in Mark 5. We've been studying for some weeks now uh, the accounts, individual accounts, of healing in the ministry of Jesus. And we're down now to number 7 in our study of the 20 uh, that we have. And let's begin reading here in verse 18, Matthew 9. It said, While he spoke these things, while Jesus spoke, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay your hand upon her, and she shall live. You know, faith knows ahead of time what's going to happen. <laughs> Can you see that? Uh, can, can you hear in the statement, and we see later in um, Luke's account, how that Jesus reaffirmed this to Jairus later, that if he would not fear, but believe only, that she would live. She will. And that's not how a lot of church-going people talk. <laughs> that's not how a lot of preachers talk. They're like, well, you know, if it's God's will... You just never know. Uh, God's ways are so mysterious. And 
Well, don't call him a liar. What do you mean? If he said that he would do this if you did this, then you don't turn around and say, well, you just never know what God's going to do. He just told you what he would do, right? Would that be insulting to me? If I, if I told you, you know, I, I'll come and I'll be there at such and such time and we'll do this. I'll, I'll support it. I'll be a part of it. And somebody asked you, what about Brother Keith? And you said, well, he said this, but you just never know what Brother Keith is going to do. <laughs> is that a compliment? No. no. You insulted me, right? You are saying some very negative things about who I am. And my character, you're saying I am not reliable. You're saying I'm not dependable. You're saying you can't count on my word. Maybe I said it, but that doesn't mean I'll do it. And folks don't realize that the enemy has wormed this mentality into Christians and preachers' mouths. When they're saying, well, you just never know. What God's going to do. You can absolutely know that when God said he's going to do something, he will do that. You can absolutely know that. And if he tells you something is his will, it's always his will. No matter what you see or feel or experience or what somebody else did or didn't experience, it doesn't change God. It doesn't change his will. And so when Jairus says, she'll live. That is something that should catch our attention. Hmm? It's a reason why this account's recorded. Because there were a lot of people that needed help all through those days. And you don't have all of them recorded. There's no uncertainty. There's no ambiguity. Can you see this? Well, maybe, we hope so. We'll see, no, if you're still thinking like that, talking like that, you need to come spend some time in faith school <laughs> and get rid of this wavering. Because what did James say about wavering? If you wave, waver like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed, uh, don't think you'll receive anything. Well, we don't want to not think we're going to receive anything. We want to know we're going to receive something. And so you got to get rid of religious ideas and misconceptions. I don't care if your mama and your great-grandma and your great-great-grandpa believed it. Maybe it never worked for them either. Come on, are y'all with me? If it's not based on the Word, I don't care how long it's been ingrained in religion. Well, it's been around for 500 years. Well, God's been around a lot longer than that, right? And just because it's been around a long time doesn't make it true. All right, it could have been wrong 400 years ago, and it's still wrong now. But we know this is right. The Word of God is right, unchanging, absolutely true, and perfect. So verse 19, Jesus got up and followed him, and so did his disciples. Skip down to verse 23. When Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrels and the people making a noise, he said to them, give place. Actually, uh, we'll see this later. Uh, that could be translated, get out. <laughs> get out. <laughs> 
For the maid is not dead, but sleeps. And they laughed him to scorn. Unbelief laughs at faith. Can you see that? Doubt uh, despises faith. In fact, faith is an irritant (laughs) to unbelief because it shows up the other person's lack of faith. And um, I wish I could tell you that, you know, when you start learning how to uh, walk in more faith and grow in more faith, that everybody's going to be happy about it. But some won't be. Some will scoff at you, mock at you. But you hold on to what God gives you, and they'll quit laughing when it comes to pass. And, you, you know, you do, th- do these things long enough, some of the very people that, you know, said ugly things about you, be the ones asking you to pray for them down the road, and you'll be glad that you stayed with God. Verse 25, when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose, and the fame hereof went abroad into all that land. Go to Luke's account, please. Luke 8 and 41. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And besought him that he would come into his house. For he had one only daughter, about twelve years of age, and she lay a-dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. Down in verse 49 it continues, While he yet spoke, there came one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Your daughter is dead. Trouble not the master." But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. In every one of these individual accounts, every word in it is inspired and living and true. You'll find there are specific truths that are emphasized a little differently in each one. And to me, the more I study these, There's a phrase, a singular phrase in the account that just stands out to me. And in this one, it's this phrase, fear not, (laughs) believe only, and she shall be made whole. Hallelujah. That wasn't that the critical point in the situation when it looks like all hope is gone, it's too late, it's over. Nothing can help or make any difference. And Jesus looked at him. Tell me what he said, class. Fear not. Only believe or believe only. We're going to talk about that later. And what? Now, when we say believe, you've got to watch about being too vague. Because that that phrase has been around and in our circles, uh, word and faith circles, have faith, just believe, trust God, just trust God. These are good phrases, but when you say believe, you need to think immediately, what? Believe what? Because too many people are just using this phraseology in a religious way, not in reality. 
Well, I'm just trusting God. I'm just trusting God. And a lot of times the individual that says that they are not trusting God. They're just using religious phraseology. You need to always ask yourself when you say that, I'm believing. What? What are you believing? Your faith must be specific. Your faith must be focused. And can you see, he told him what to believe in the rest of the phrase. That's not even the end of the sentence. Can you see that? What did Jesus tell him? Fear not. This is what you don't do. What else? Only. Believe only. Believe what? She shall be, she'll be made whole. This is what we're believing. You know why I'm talking like this because people say, I'm just, I'm just believing God that, that whatever needs to happen will happen. And it's just, you know, it's in his hands. And it, no, it's not all in his hands. You can't leave up to God what he left up to you. And if he told you to fear not, and you fear anyway, you're interfering with what he wants to happen. If it wouldn't make any difference whether you feared or not, he wouldn't have said anything about it. He would have just said, this is my will. This is what I'm going to do. It doesn't matter what you do. Just stand back and watch. But that's not what he said in any of these accounts. So it matters what we believe, what we don't believe. And our faith must be focused. Let's discipline ourselves to quit just saying, I'm believing, just believe. I'm trusting, just trust. Always ask yourself, what comes next? Ask yourself what? What? What am I believing? Remember, Jesus said this in Mark 11, uh, 24. What things soever you desire, would this be specific things? What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe. That's not the end of the verse. Believe what? Believe that you receive them. What? The things you desired, the things you asked for, you must believe you received them. There has been, I know I'm being repetitive, but there's a purpose in it. There has been too much vagueness, too much religious generalizations. We're just trusting God to do what? <laughs> right? I'm just believing God to do what? If you can't answer that question immediately without ambiguity or uncertainty, you are not believing God. You're being religious and you're wavering. You oh, maybe it will, maybe it won't. We sure hope so. Oh, we need it so desperately. That's not faith. And what did James say about that? Don't think you'll receive anything. The double-minded man is unstable the scripture said, in all his ways. Well, the Lord doesn't want us to be unstable and he doesn't want us to fail to receive. So we got to get settled, right? We, got, we must seek him. We must seek his word. We must listen to his spirit until we get settled, right? And we quit, we quit wondering. We quit wavering. We quit doubting about it. Fear not. Believe only. Believe what? She shall 
be made whole. <laughs> Very specific. All he's telling Jairus to do is stay with what you told me, boy. Right? When we started this thing, you told me. If I came, laid hands on her, she shall live. You said it out of your mouth. Now, don't change now. Stay with me. Believe this. So, he's in the book. So, obviously, he did. Jesus said, verse 50, Fear not, believe only, she shall be made whole. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in except Peter and James and John and the father and the mother of the maiden. And all wept and bewailed her, but he said, Weep not, she's not dead, but sleeps. And they laughed him to scorn. I mean, he didn't just he, he. They howled and they, and they slapped their knees. And they laughed him to scorn. This is our Jesus we're talking about. He put them all out. Somebody say, yay, yes. That's exactly <laughs> what needed that. He put them all out. <laughs> uh, that's not being very inclusive, is it? <laughs> he put them all out. <laughs> Should he have made allowances for other diverse beliefs? <laughs> what some people call balanced is compromise. Can you see this? It's not balance, it's dilution of faith and compromise that allows confusion. It allows what the enemy wants to happen. No? Somebody say, he put them all out. <laughs> Is that what should have happened that day? Well, Jesus did it right. You know he did. And then he took her by the hand and he called. He said, made arise. Probably, probably language we'd use today would be, little girl, get up. And her spirit came again. Now this lets you know she didn't cease to exist when her body died. That what happened was her spirit left her body. But she still existed. Just not in her body. But when he called to her, her spirit came back into her body and that's when her body came alive again. Hallelujah. Now that, that reveals to us that we are more than a body. Somebody said out loud, I'm more than a body. I'm more than a brain. I'm more than a body. Your body, James says that the body without the spirit is dead. You're breathing right now. I'm breathing right now. What makes that happen? People say, well, there's, you know, involuntary uh, stuff going on with your heart and your lungs and your brain and synapses and, and nerve energy. And Okay, where does that come from? What's motivating that? What's, well, it's, it's the mystery of life. You know it. <laughs> and it comes from the God, the living God, who is the source of spirit and life. Hallelujah. And the life that's in the flesh is from your spirit. 
Hallelujah. I'm looking at you through my windows. I'm on the inside. And this is my house. I'm my temporary house. Same thing with you. You're, I might see your bodies here and by faith, everybody that's out there, but um, you're, I don't see you. I see the house, the shell that you're in. And uh, we, we need to understand that spiritual forces are far greater than physical things. And you can get hung up into going, well, I got something wrong with my arm. I got something wrong with my heart. I got something wrong with my kidneys or my, you know, whatever, my blood. Or, uh, and, and all the natural man knows is the natural. And to try to fix the natural with the natural. Well, there, thank God for our doctors and, and researchers and everything that we do have. There's been amazing strides made. But even at that, it's all too often that the best in the world have to look at people and say, there's no more that we can do. We can make you comfortable, but, you know, maybe you've got three months to live or, or maybe this or that. And what they're saying is that they don't know of any natural thing that can help fix your natural body. Oh, but that's not taken into account. The greater spiritual force Hallelujah. The life of God that's already in you as a child of God. And that life that's in you, the Spirit of God and the Spirit of life that's in you can and will quicken and make alive your liver, your heart, your kidneys, your lungs, your glands, your blood, your joints, your nerves, your muscles, your skin. Your eyes, your ears, it'll make it alive, it'll, it'll quicken and do what no natural thing can do. And I'm not saying you can't use the natural, but you know as well as I how limited the natural is. It's okay to use some natural, but don't limit yourself to the natural. Use the spiritual. Reach out for the spiritual. Believe for a manifestation of the Spirit of God in your body. I believe we can do it right now. Everybody watching online, get ready to release your faith. Put your hands on your body. Say it out loud. Thank you, Father God, for the Holy Spirit in me. He is the Spirit of life. Spirit of life. Live big in me. Manifest in me, in my spirit, in my brain, in my mind, in my body, from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, everything in between, be quickened by the spirit of life, be healed. Be restored, be restored, be regenerated, be regenerated. In, Jesus name. in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If we believe that this little girl's body was cold and dead and zero life and activity going on in it for whatever length of time, 
then Jesus spoke, touched her hand and, and spoke to her and her spirit. Oh, somebody say her spirit, her spirit. Her spirit came back into her body and just like that, life went all through her physical body. Her heart starts beating again. Her lungs start breathing again. Her blood starts circulating again. Nerve energy starts flowing throughout her brain. And this is amazing, isn't it? It's amazing, amazing that this is happening with you and I right now. This is amazing. We're used to it. It's easy to take it for granted because it's happening simultaneously with billions of people all over the planet. But somebody made this. Somebody created this. We don't know of anything that ever created itself. <laughs> Nobody can prove to you that the universe created itself. These are foolish theories of unbelievers. The Bible's right. God made it. Hallelujah. I said God made it. God made it. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. God made it. And he sustains it every millisecond. Take another breath and say, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank you, Father. Well, the same God that keeps you breathing can restore you. Restore a body, just like we released faith for. Restore a body part. Restore an organ. Restore. Even if you did really dumb stuff and hurt yourself. Somebody said, well, I, you know, I drank so much. I messed up my liver. I did so much drugs. I messed this up. I messed that up. Well, that's not good. And I hope you learned a lesson. <laughs> but God can restore. That's what mercy is all about is doing things for you that you don't deserve, you don't earn, but just out of kindness and goodness and mercy, the Lord will do it for you if you'll believe that love strong enough to receive it and to act on it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You don't have to be limited. You don't have to be restricted. You can have full function by the miracle working power of God. Her spirit came again, and she arose straightway. Immediately she got up, and he commanded to give her some food. And her parents were astonished. How many think they were very happy too? <laughs> oh man, they were astonished. This is astounding. Astonished. But he charged them that they should tell no man. What was done? This is interesting. So Jesus wasn't just trying to draw attention to himself on this. He's led by the Spirit in everything. And in this particular case, he told them, keep this to yourself. Don't tell anybody. And yet, what joy in that house. Hallelujah. Your little girl's not only she not dead, she's as healthy as can be and got the rest of her life to look forward to. Can you say glory to God? Is he the same Jesus today? Hallelujah. Say it out loud. I love you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I give you the glory. Hallelujah. And that's our time for today. Please come back and join us. We're not through with this. We'll see you tomorrow. 
here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.